Hey, welcome everyone to We've Never Seen It. This is a podcast where we talk about movies that we have never seen. And if you didn't get that, then I don't know how to help you. Not to be confused, by the way, with movies we've never seen, which is a pale imitation of our podcast. Apparently, we're just so innovative that some other jabronis decided to rip off our podcast. Uh, we listen to it. It's inferior. They should stop making that podcast. We're the OG. We've never seen it. And those guys, they heard our podcast. Then they did Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. So they can suck it. Yeah. And their voices aren't as good. Right. So what are we what are we watching this time around? I, I kind of wasn't paying attention. Oh, yeah. I, it's always good to start off your podcast talking about someone else's podcast. But yeah, we're going to watch Twilight. Sorry. We like watching movies, ones we've never seen. So we made a podcast to help pass quarantine. We'll watch any genre and have ones till the end. So listen to our podcast to tell all of your friends. Way too much. Way too much. So, Artie, we both have mixed feelings here about uh, Twilight. We're about to watch it. What are you thinking now? Where's your head at? Well, Louie, my head is back where it was in high school, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's for girls, you know? Like, ew, yuck. I don't want to see this. I'm going to go watch Star Wars again and again and again and not socialize. But major cultural thing in high school that I missed. So I feel like, you know, going back and figuring that out and addressing that is good but the movie itself i can't say i'm looking forward to watching it i remember my sisters had posters and t-shirts and bobbleheads and team edward and jacob everything so you know it must have been a really big deal but then again now that i think about it they also had a bunch of nickelback stuff well it doesn't bode well for twilight well, what, yeah, so what was on the poster for Twilight? Brooding men. Brooding men. Okay, so so functionally it was identical to Nickelback. If they were holding up a graph, it would have been absolutely identical to Nickelback. Well, like what posters did you have in your room? Megan Fox, and then Megan Fox as Supergirl, and then Megan Fox leaning over the hood looking at the engine in Transformers, and then probably a bunch of Luke Skywalker stuff. Okay, so that's interesting because Megan Fox is probably the Nickelback of women. You hold your tongue, sir. <laughs> Megan Fox is a saint, and you know just by her name that she is a fox. She is a stone-cold fox. She. <laughs> it is a damn shame that her career fizzled out and that people body shamed her into getting a bunch of Botox when she was perfect. She was the model woman and we ruined her. Like we ruined everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone has different trajectories. What I can say is that this is the start of a huge movie franchise and the start of Robert Pattinson's career and Kristen Stewart's career. So it's kind of a big deal in that sense. And it, on a budget of $37 million, made $407 million. That's a lot of money. That's kind of unbelievable because what did they even spend $37 million on? 
certainly not the actors. This is a pretty much like a no-name movie. Right. How is this $37 million? Because, dude, I've been to Forks. And I think the most expensive hotel in Forks, which I stayed at because I'm classy. Casual flex. It was like $70 a night for like the suite. And I'm pretty sure that they had like big discounts for multi-night stays. So I'm really confused, again, how they spent $37 million when they were filming in Forks. I think it probably had something to do with the marketing. I, I think they probably spent $5 million making this movie and then $32 million promoting it to drive all of our sisters into a frenzy. So why were you in Forks? I traveled around the country for work and I was visiting a potential customer in Forks of all mm -hmm. places and it was awful. So first off, there is nothing to do in Forks. There is no good food, no good restaurants. Everything's very, very inexpensive, which in some places that's good. Here you're like, ooh, that's not good. And I did stay in that motel. And I got there and I had a red eye flight, was exhausted, rolled up to the motel. The woman was super chipper and in my face and was like, oh my God, you are so lucky because I'm going to upgrade you to our deluxe suite. Love those upgrades. Well, usually, but I'm half asleep. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I go up there just wanting to take a nap. I walk in the door and all of the walls are bright red, sparkly. The beds are black and sparkly, and there are twilight posters covering every single inch of the wall. There were brooding men staring at me uncomfortably the entire time I was in there. And then I was like, all right, fine. You know what? I'm going to go take a shower and just forget all about this. But then I, I go into the bathroom and there is a shower, but it's over a heart-shaped tub. So my mind just starts racing about all of the, you know, high school prom dates that went there and just lost it all while staring up at vampires. And I was Ugh. just very uncomfortable the whole time and wanted to ask for a downgrade, but... I think you found, like, the nexus from, like, the demon realm into our world, and that was that room. They come out of the heart-shaped tub. That's disgusting. Yeah, it was gross. I didn't want to have a black light in that room. That sucks. I'm very interested to see like what the sort of sexuality aspect of this movie is because it seems like they're going to go places that they shouldn't go. It seems like this is going to be like a like a Skinamax Saturday at 10:30 p.m. special. So I guess mm. I'm here for it. Maybe we are here for it. Right. But uh, we'll see. I guess before we watch, I do believe we have some uh, messages in our listener mailbags. We do? So in this week's listener mailbag, we have a message from, it looks like, Kenzie uh, over at Arizona State University uh, who says that she is a women's studies major. Um, that's interesting. I, I feel like this will be some good perspective for us. Yeah, we could benefit from some sort of outside academic take on this. Um, you know, we have our limitations. Just a couple of guys, right? I think this is great. Let's uh, let's take a listen. Twilight is just one of the top five movie series ever made. Edward was my first love, and now I'll never date a guy if he doesn't sparkle. I got into a massive fight with my BFF Becky because she was Team Jacob. I lost so much respect for her. Like, how can you think that Jacob is better than Edward? I just don't understand. Edward is perfect, and he's so mysterious and hot. He's so much better for Bella. Like, are you serious? Is that even a competition? Not to be extra or anything, but they really taught me what true love is. 
Plus, it's not really true love if there isn't a little bit of biting. Their relationship is just so intense, and Edward pays such close attention to Bella that it's almost stalkerish, but like in a good way, you know? Anyway, I think this movie was just so good, I can't even. It changed my life. Like, dead serious, not even kidding. Team Edward forever. Dude. Uh, why? I, like, uh, what does extra even mean? Th- there were a lot of words that I heard for the first time. Um, all, all I can say is uh, I, I so regret choosing this movie now, and I'm not looking forward to watching it. If, if, if that's what this does to, to our best and brightest... Ooh. Yeah, I, I just don't get it, dude. Like, I was excited. We try to be feminists here on this show. I wanted the opinion of someone who, you know, is studying, you know, and, and has a different perspective than us. And it just seems like you put Robert Pattinson in front of him and that's all out the window. I mean, Louis, you are you are a gentleman. You respect women's minds and, and their contributions and view them as equals. I've, I've seen you our entire friendship treat women the right way. And yet as soon as Megan Fox comes up, you know, so I'm just saying everyone's got their thing and this might be, you know, maybe he's their Megan Fox. Okay. So Megan Fox, very different, very different. Okay. Go on. She's just, she's just different, man. Like, yeah, she's Megan Fox. She's meant to be a sex symbol. Okay. I think, I think we're good. Let's watch the movie. <laughs> okay, so uh, that was Twilight. That was Twilight. So I'm going to be honest here, and I'm fighting myself because I don't want to say this, but I have to be honest. Okay. That movie was way better than I thought it was going to be. I would honestly go so far as to put it up there as one of the greatest spoof movies of all time. Okay, like, so you're saying this is this is comparable to The Naked Gun. I mean, nothing's comparable to The Naked Gun first. Okay. But, like, this is comparable to, like, Scary Movie. So oh. I got it right away. I was like, oh, cool. Like, they're spoofing on teen romances. They're spoofing on the whole infatuation with monsters and sex. And, like, it was great. It was a great way to make fun of the teen genre. So I, I just... I enjoyed that. So um, I know you're in a good place with this right now, and I'm not trying to change that, but if this movie is lampooning the teen genre, then what movie created this genre that it is now spoofing? I don't know. And the reason why I bring that up is because this is the movie that created the genre. Therefore, it can't spoof itself, at least not the first one. I'm very sorry, but this was just bad no dude this has to be a spoof they didn't just make a movie that had like a romance for no reason with no actual romance in it they were hyperbolizing everything they made it purposely like cringy so that we would laugh and be like oh (laughs) this is terrible because that's like what team romance is they were definitely spoofing on like vampires and how popular they became this was it was a good spoof louis i'm so sorry i I really want to let you like live in this reality, but our listeners expect us to speak to the movie for what it is. And I'm so sorry, but this movie just sucked. And I know you went to a place to protect yourself. Perhaps at some point during the baseball scene, you might have just been like, screw this. I can't handle this anymore. This has to be a joke. I wish it was a joke too, but it's not. You're telling me that this was like serious? It was an earnest adaptation of a very earnest book that was also horrible. 
Oh. Dude. Nice, nice Chewbacca impression. Are you serious? Oh, I hate this. Yeah. I and, was. And oh. I think deep down you know that. I got to rewrite everything now. I was prepared. I was excited. Ah, let's trudge through. Let's trudge through. Yeah, let, let's trudge through mirror, it. The mirror has been shattered. I think the best Ugh. part about this movie was that it was not too long. What was it, like two hours at That's most? so long. It didn't seem long at the time, but now reliving it, knowing that it's real. Oh, come on. I mean, look, we laughed a lot, but... It was at the movie's expense, and that's okay. You know that scene in Arrested Development where Job walks into the door and kills the dove, and then he puts it into the freezer in a paper bag, and it says dead dove on it, and Michael opens the bag and looks into the bag and goes, well, I don't know what I expected, <laughs> and we expected this to be bad, and it was a dead dove, and it said on the bag, dead dove, and that's okay, but now we have to just like talk about this piece of shit movie. Let's do it. And I'm going to have to kind of refocus here. Let me give a quick plot recap. Yeah. This was just your classic girl moves to a new school. Girl meets boy. Boy turns out to be a vampire. Yeah. Girl does weird vampire stuff with him and then like almost dies a couple of times. Yeah, seen this a thousand times. Oh, yeah. Then girl falls in love. Turns out there are more vampires. Who knew? Mm. She's super cool with it. Girl gets her ankle snapped by one of those vampires at a La Quinta Inn. Of course. It's always La Quinta. Oh, has to be. It's yeah. affordable. Yes. And then she almost gets vampired but doesn't get vampired. And then they go to prom. Yeah, I mean, textbook, right? Not exactly original. Seen it a million times. I feel like that was probably too in-depth. That's how little substance there was in this movie. But, you know, I, I will say, because this is an adaptation of a book, and when I say book, I mean a lot of words on paper bound and produced for sale, but not necessarily a novel. It's a collection of words, but that's all I'm going to say. It's a book, technically. Is it, though? Again, that's the definition of a book. Okay, but it holds the record for most typos in a book ever. I believe there were five on the first page. Mm. Stephanie Meyer is a horrible writer. I've never read a single thing she's written, but she's a horrible writer. I think we can tell, and this movie must have stayed true to the source material. I'm really struggling to separate the shittiness of this movie from the shittiness of the story itself that it's based on. You know, sometimes you can tell like a, a, a movie that's an adaptation of a book, like the source material is good, but the movie can be bad. Here, the story's bad too. At first, I was giving Stephanie Meyer props. I was like, oh, cool. You're revolutionary. You're ironic. Now that I know she was being serious... I can picture her now. And she was in the movie. She had a cameo at the diner and she was l grinning ear to ear with that stupid shit eating grin. Real Karen vibes from her. Oh, she's the Karen to end all Karens. Yeah. But now I can tell she is just this like incredibly sexually repressed woman and just doesn't understand sex or relationships and couldn't sense sexual tension if it was there providing services to her. Are you suggesting that Stephanie Meyer is actually Mike Pence's wife? It's possible. They're probably from the same weird cult. I am getting uh, some sort of like confusing frantic signal from our intern Glenn. He's like rubbing his fingers together. So like money. So I, I think you have to do a commercial. Is that it? Yeah. He just BBM'd me. I didn't know that my phone could still get BBMs. I don't even have a Blackberry. I was not cool enough to have a Blackberry. All the cool kids had Blackberries and they were talking about Twilight on their Blackberries. 
and I couldn't even text. Glenn's holding up his phone. He has an Android. How are you even BBMing me? I... Anyways, okay, well, it looks like we have a message from the Forks Washington Board of Tourism. Are you sick of looking at the same four walls day after day? Do you want to just get away, be worried about COVID? Well, look no further than beautiful Forks, Washington. With a population of under 4,000 and virtually no tourism since the last Twilight movie, there won't be anybody around to give you COVID or to hear you scream. While you're here, enjoy a delicious meal at the West End Tip and Sip, the Thriftway food store in the Ace Hardware, or that one diner from Twilight. Looking for something to do? Why not check out the Hall of Moss Museum or the Forever Twilight and Forks prop collection where there are never any lines? If we haven't convinced you yet, please just come and check it out. Please. We need this. So what are you waiting for? Book a flight to Seattle, rent a car, and make the quick four-hour drive to Forks. Forks! When you're here, you're here. Are all those places real? The Hall of Moss? I believe they are. I'm going to do a quick go... Oh, Glenn is nodding. All of those are, are real establishments. Wow. Did they say in the Ace Hardware? I mean, Forks sounds horrible, but I'm really shocked that their tourism motto is not go fork yourself. Oh, that's a missed opportunity right there. And that's probably why they don't have any tourists. They need better marketing. Maybe we can send them Glenn and just get him out of our hair forever. Yeah. One theme that I wanted to talk about was, I guess, the, the sexualization of vampires. I thought that was already a thing. You pointed out that I guess this started it. So this is our patient zero here. Mm -hmm. Why? That's my question. Why are we sexualizing monsters? I think we have to reframe that because he isn't a monster. Even though he's a vampire, he's not really a bad guy. Like if he was straight up murdering people and she was still sexualizing him, that would be really bad. But like, I think the whole point is he's not a monster. He thinks he's a monster and he's beating himself up, but he's not really a monster. He's a vampire, which is a monster. You know, they're in monster encyclopedias and monster books. And <laughs> do, you have, so, do you have a lot of, of like monster reference materials? I have a whole collection of monster encyclopedias. It's called the Monsterpedia. A compendium? Yeah, there are four editions of it. Uh -huh. So I have all of those. He's in there. Every vampire looks exactly like Edward. He is a monster. I mean, dude, there are vampires that straight up murder people in the movie and they are sexy. Yeah, they're all hot. It is a good question. Where is this coming from? And we have to go back to Stephanie Meyer and ask her, like, what's up with the vampire thing? I think she said she had a dream about vampires, but something else must have happened to her. Like, is this a result of trauma? Do we sexualize monsters because of horrible things that have happened to us or normal things that haven't happened to us? I think that might be above our pay grade. My theory now is that America's monster fetish or vampire fetish, and it got way out of control, and fortunately it's dying down now, but America's monster fetish was started because Stephanie Meyer made out with a guy on Halloween when she was in seventh grade who was wearing those plastic vampire teeth, and that was the only action she got until she was 37. So she just fantasized about it and fantasized about it. So one repressed woman defined America.
it might have been the revival, but I did just rewatch Young Frankenstein over the weekend, and they talk about the monster's dick constantly. Like, they immediately are like, well, if you have to get a giant man, he's going to have a giant Schweinsteiger. <laughs> and that I think that's what they call it. Roughly translates to penis in German. And so he sexualized, and that movie is from 1974. But that movie was funny, and it was funny when they were talking about that. And it was a spoof. Yeah. Had they talked about Edward's sparkly disco ball dick, this would have been great. The sparkly part, especially if, like, it wasn't him glistening in the sun and being like, this is what I really look like, if he, like, unzipped, like Goldmember in, in Austin Powers, where he unzips. Funny. And his penis is sparkly. Yep. And he's like, this is what my life is. I'm a monster. If she saw that sparkly dick, then that would have explained why she fell in love with him, potentially. Yes. But instead and this is one of the problems with the movie it's unclear what about him other than his pallid sickly handsome face she found compelling his hair was fantastic it was fantastic but it was almost at that level of being like go shower like it was almost a little too gross the other thing as far as kind of sexualizing the vampires it made it way too obvious who the vampires were there was no reveal there was no like mystery around oh they're yeah. vampires like we knew immediately when these people walked into the scene they walk into the cafeteria it's a bunch of normal high schoolers and then these like chic glistening vampires who are wearing like Uber hot people yeah what i would expect like people models during fashion week to be wearing i was like okay those mm. are the vampires it begs the question is there an inherent attractiveness bias when vampires are picking victims like what if there was like a really ugly person and they're like nope not him I think that's true of everything in life. I know this isn't what you actually do, but if you're on a farm and you say, I want a couple of chickens that I want you to, to butcher up and I want to bring home for dinner, and you get to choose them. Are you going to go with the one that looks just disgusting and that's a little deformed and that is uglier than the others? No, I'm going to look at the one that is like- You pick the hottest chicken. Yeah, the hottest chicken, like the storybook chicken. So I think that that's fair. There's like a selection bias that vampires are hot because they only choose hot people to become vampires. Yeah. I mean, you want hot people to live forever. Yeah. No fatsos, no uggos. Only That's a good message. Svelte, beautiful haired, chic, fashionable. Euro trash motherfuckers. If you just go to, well, I guess Eastern Europe, which is where vampires are from, this yes. is all making sense now. It makes more sense, and I'm less into the vampire culture than I was 10 minutes ago for that reason. But still not like a culture I want to be a part of. No, me either. There were quite a few parts that I really enjoyed in this movie. One of the funniest scenes in the entire thing, and I almost wonder if it was just like a blooper and they kept it in. Yeah. Bella... Kristen Stewart is like walking out of her house when she first gets to Washington and falls on her ass just like eats shit for no reason and it has no bearing on the story no. and I was laughing all through the next scene yeah sometimes I think about that when I have I'm having like a, a moment you know where I'm like what am I doing here I can't do anything right like, at least <laughs> I'm not that stupid girl can't even open a door right you ever like sit there and like go back to an embarrassing moment that like was years ago that no one else thinks about, but you remember it. Oh yeah. That's probably her moment. I really enjoyed the part where Bella tells her dad that he sucks. 
Which, no reason behind that. That's why I thought it was amazing. She went way overboard and was like doling out deeply personal attacks <laughs> on him. When she just could have been a teenager and been like, I'm going away. Like, yeah. fuck you, dad. Like, and instead she's like, you just sit there and drink beer and eat pie. Like, you don't have any ambition in your life. I can't be here. I'm going to leave you like mom did, you asshole. And I was like, whoa. To which he's like, I'm so sorry that I bought you a car. <laughs> like seriously i'm pretty sure the scene before he just like bought her a car out of nowhere out of the kindness of his own heart oh on his municipal cop salary right yeah like you're welcome yeah there was no reason for that i feel like maybe there was a backstory there but it wasn't told no hey yeah save something for the sequel i loved kind of going back to vampires anything that the vampires did that was vampire-y was super cheesy and again why i thought this was a spoof because when they're running up the trees like just vaulting up the trees it's That's so not a vampire corny. thing by the way i thought vampires lie yeah right like they go like and yeah. their cape goes out and then they turn into bats right did not do that did not port himself around like he just started climbing trees like a cat it was really bad. It was almost as if they just pulled him straight up on a on a wire and there wasn't anything around him. And they were like, yeah, just make climbing motions. So he's just flailing yes. wildly. And then, oh, I lost it at the vampire hiss. When they have a vampire off and they see the other group of vampires that they don't like, they were like, <sighs> and it was so tacky and hilarious. And I loved every second of it. I do think they needed to probably hire some sort of vampire consultant, like, you know, somebody who could be like, yeah, vampires don't really do that. But (laughs) instead, they just based it purely on Stephanie Meyer's limited understanding of vampires. And life in general. Yeah. One part that I enjoyed a lot was the part where Bella is by herself at night and she's walking around and she decides to like walk through an alley. Not a great idea. And a bunch of proud boys decide to like ambush her. And they're like, where are you going, hot stuff? And she's like, I'm going home. And they're like, no, not yet. And you're like, this is not good. And then Edward drives like a maniac and skids into frame in a little Volvo hatchback. And in that moment, I was like, you should not be able to get your driver's license until you're 18. Because even if he was trying to save her, you know, this guy drives very recklessly. Right. You, you already know because what he puts that car through in the next few minutes and it's so out of place with the rest of the movie. It looks like Volvo's advertising team was hired to make that scene and then they inserted it into the movie. It was wild and he is abusing that car and it was it was cool, but out of place. Now that I think about it, that's probably where another like five million dollars of the budget went. They paid Volvo to like make one cool scene in the movie. Your movie must suck if you have to pay companies to place a product in your movie. Volvo really pushed hard. They were like, we don't want to be in this movie. That's just smart business. Yeah. That's good business. Um, No, that scene was cool. And Edward is a psychopath on the road. And maybe it goes to show that we should suspend licenses when people get too old. Because he's what? Like 117? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe don't drive after 105. Yeah, definitely. The other thing that I really liked, or the other person I should say that I really liked, was Anna Kendrick. Mm -hmm. She was great in this, and as always, very attractive and very flirty Mm. and just so, so great in so many ways. Mm. You don't like her? She's like 20% too small. What do you mean? Does that make sense? Like, you know when you listen to somebody's voice that's sped up and the pitch is off by a little bit? That's how she looks. Do you know what I'm saying? No. 
I think she's very. <laughs> she, I think she's a good singer, right? Because she did the thing with the cups. Oh yeah, cup movie. Yeah, cup movie and cup movie two, and she she's really funny and what. But like this is like the equivalent of Jonah Hill in the Forty Year Old Virgin when he comes in with the fish shoes and to the eBay store. Like this is when he's still a, a scene stealer and just like their talent is far bigger than the role that they're in. That was very much what Anna Kendrick was here. Clearly nobody, even the people writing her character, don't expect her to be this good. And she was hilarious. I agree with the fact that she was great, but I challenge you. <laughs> if you were at a bar and you were single and Anna mm. Kendrick walks in the place, A, you would be like, wow, she is gorgeous. B, she comes over to you and acts like she does in every movie and she's flirty and funny and quirky. Guaranteed, you would not have any problems with that and you would be smitten. You would puppy dog love immediately. Okay, so yeah, there's no question that in the context of a bar with 100 people. No, it's COVID. 25 people. (laughs) 25 tops. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. If she has to stay six feet away from me, I don't even know if I'll be able to see her. She's a small person, but... I wouldn't be able to stay six feet away from her. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, Brian Scalabrine, like, he can torch anyone who isn't in the NBA or who wasn't in the NBA. So anybody in this movie, period, is hotter than everybody else in any bar they walk into by default. No. Even even the extras are hotter than normal people. That's what movie making is. It's like creating a weird world from the hottest people... I'm hotter than every dude in this movie, except for Robert Pattinson. And not Taylor Lautner, because he was apparently 12. He was ugly in this movie, and that's all I'm basing it off of. Okay, well, oh wait, no, no, the OG vampire, like the doctor who makes all the other vampires, is pretty hot. Damn it, he was sexy. Okay, I would be the third hottest person in this movie. Third hottest guy. There were some truly horrible scenes in this movie. I mean, we know clearly what the worst scene in the entire movie was. It was the baseball scene. Baseball is a weird thing to film. If you're going to pick a sport to include in a movie, like basketball is probably the best one because you can just, you can cut to like the ball going in. Yeah. But baseball is really weird because one of the most important things to show is a pitching motion and actors don't know how to do that. If you had to throw with your offhand, like what would that look like? That's what all these actors looked like. And then the ball would come out of their hand at like 2000 miles an hour. Ugh. What I gathered from this scene was like, this was just a modeling shoot where they use a baseball bat as a prop. Yeah. They're like, okay, now do a sexy face. Now do a pouty face. Now swing the bat. Like it was very clear that Stephanie Myers never watched a single sporting event in her entire life. And I think she just wanted to make a scene to show them holding the bat. I think that she was really vibing on that. And I think that she was like, ooh, Edward's holding the bat. Now Edward's brother is holding the bat. Bella, do you want to hold the bat? But baseball isn't sexy. That's the thing. It's the least sexy sport. It's the only sport where you can be overweight and very good. Well, actually, no, football. Shit. I would actually argue that you can be way fatter in football. (laughs) You have to be way fatter. They're all still super athletic. Like, you can be really athletic and really fat. You can also literally be dead and be athletic, apparently, based on this. One of the things that bothers me and a lot of baseball purists, there are a lot of unwritten rules in sports. The way you conduct yourself, you know, the way you play the game. Do you play the game the right way? You hear that a lot, right? And in baseball, one of the things that's really important is to be composed and to let your playing really speak for itself. In this case, they were pimping home runs. They were flipping bats. They were real cocky 
and just embarrassing the game. You know what I'm saying? That's not how it's played. This is why no one watches baseball, dude. All of those things you described, they were horrible in the movie because they were just poorly done. But those are the things people want. You mean they want to see like young, hot athletes excited and playing hard and expressing themselves? Yes. Oh. I think I think we solved baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I honestly believe that that argument is inherently racist, by the way. Like, I love baseball. People who are into, like, baseball purity hate that Dominican players express themselves on the field. That's I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I pictured a 95-year-old white man the whole time you were talking about the purity of baseball. Even saying the purity of baseball sounds wrong when i was growing up like they didn't do that yeah and they didn't let black people play in the majors when you were growing up so what's better vampires playing baseball yeah that i draw the line at humans only right humans only but yeah that's the scene sucked but there is zero justification zero anything why bella and edward like each other let alone love each other there doesn't seem to be any commonalities Right, shared interests. Right, there doesn't seem to be any communication other than I'm a vampire, cool. There doesn't really even seem to be that much attraction to one another. That scene where they talk themselves into having a relationship, which is, by the way, not how relationships should start, where they like, all right, let's go to the woods and let's like convince ourselves that this is a good idea. He has a plausible excuse baked into his existence as a vampire because he just says she smells good. There have been weaker reasons for relationships. I don't even think it's that she smells good. It's that he wants to eat her. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Him saying you smell good is like me saying, mm, I'm sauteing some garlic and it smells really good. Although he would never say that for obvious reasons. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. That scene where he's hopping around and saying, I'm dangerous, you can't be into me. And she's like, but that's why I'm into you. It doesn't work. You're right. Even physically, they don't seem to really, it's ah, not good. There's no reason behind it. Yeah. One of the reasons I thought of, though, was he's an outcast and she makes herself an outcast. She's she's a bitch, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Don't call bitch because she moves to this town and everyone is so nice to her. Like they go out of their way to be so nice to her and like to invite her to stuff. And like it's like a real life Spanish textbook with kids from every like ethnic background. And one of them's in a wheelchair and they're like, vamos a la fiesta conmigo. And she's like, no, she hates them. <laughs> and for no reason, she's like, don't pay attention to me. I hate you. Screw you. And maybe that's the justification because she's such a bitch that she wants to go for the only other person in school who has totally ostracized themselves. Yeah, you want to be miserable together. Misery loves company. That is a horrible lesson for teenagers watching this. So Bella Swan, really bitchy character. Kristen Stewart, I think, did like a good job, but I hated watching her in this movie. I did too. The whole time we were watching, I was kind of thinking, who's worse? Her or the chick from Magic Mike? It's the girl from Magic Mike. She's worse. She's 100% worse. It's not even close. <laughs> Remember in Magic Mike, the characters were not deep. They didn't need to be, but you had to like them. And we liked all the characters except for her. Like the character, the hard ass who like sees through Mike's bullshit and like gives him a hard time. That is a slam dunk for any competent actor. And she blew it. And she was 
horribly unlikable. And in this case, Bella was a shit character. And Kristen Stewart was handed this shit sandwich and she ate it and said, mmm, that was good. Can I have another sandwich? That's gross. Was it too much? Yes. Was she exhaling sharply, rolling her eyes and going, um, um, I, 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 I don't know. Like, yes, she was doing a lot of that, but that was her job and she did it. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I can buy that. I'll eat the shit sandwich. <laughs> I want to offer up some advice. I don't know how many high school girls listen to this, but Louie and Artie's school of do's and don'ts with high school relationships. This advice is not just for girls. It's for guys. Any way you identify yourself in high school, I don't even know anymore, but this is universal. Louie and Artie's advice on how to not date a monster. Yeah. Rule number one, don't date a guy or a girl who is a dick a dick to you and we don't really know how edward is to other people because he doesn't interact with really anybody else because he's a dick yeah he's like i think it would be better if, if we're not friends like he's like pushing her away and pulling her closer and saving her life and then like ruining it trying to ignore her and like that is abusive he's 110 and he should know better Hollywood is trying to convince high schoolers that they should go for someone who's a dick to them. Every movie, it's like, oh, the asshole jock gets the girl because why wouldn't he? Hollywood is just making that the norm and pushing all of these young men and women towards people who are just horrible to them. And I'm sick of it. You're right. Picking people based on their status or their looks as opposed to how they treat you. I guess our lesson here is you deserve to be treated with respect. No matter how sparkly somebody is, literally how sparkly they are. If they are driving you home and they're looking at you and you can't tell if they want to like attack you or if they want to kill themselves, this is not good. Rule number two. If a guy says that he is dangerous... Just leave. Or if a girl says like, I don't know, I've got a pretty checkered past. I'm kind of a terrible girlfriend. Get out of there. Get out. Go. Run. They're doing you a favor. Don't think you can save them. Don't think you're different. It's their problem. Don't make it your problem. Yep. Eddie C is like, I'm a monster. I want to kill people. Instead of being like, all right, well, this was fun. I'll pay my half of the check and we'll leave. She says, I want to be that too. So like... <laughs> To me, the parallel is if somebody is like a drug dealer, but not just like selling weed, right? Because that's like plenty of people do that and I'm not gonna like hold that against them. But if someone is like dealing hard drugs in your school <laughs> and they're like, I sell hard drugs, I deal dangerous people, like this is not good. You don't go, can we work together? Well, you go, all right, fine. You get a hookup there though. So like different. She doesn't get a vampire hookup where like she gets cool vampire powers. He won't do it. Right. So like he's a drug dealer who you date and he doesn't give you drugs. Like ditch him. Like you don't want no part of this. And uh, she still did. And, and her judgment was flawed. Rule number three, if the guy or girl that you are into drives like they are in a Jason Statham movie, get out of there. You're going to get in a car crash. And you can ask them to pull over. You can say, I'm sorry, I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Can you pull over the car? I'd like to leave. Totally I'd fair. I'd like to get out. Just use common sense. Yeah, use common sense. You know, stand up for yourself, respect yourself. These important relationship tips for high schoolers were brought to you by Garlic. I have lyrics and it says, create your own melody. So I'm going to try to do that. Oh, Garlic, what a treat. 
Suitable for babies to eat. Keeps away the vampires and also cures COVID. Put it in your cereal and incorporate it into your love making garlic. Brought to you by the California Garlic Advocacy Board. I just have to say that I don't think it cures COVID at all. I'm curious how to incorporate it in my lovemaking. Look, you interpret this however you want. Just pop one up in there. Got it. You get it. So let's wrap up here. Artie, does Twilight pass the Bechdel test? Written by a woman, presumably for girls. Does it pass? Does it pass the minimum threshold for feminism? No, does not pass. There were plenty of named female characters, which was good. Of course, they need to have a conversation with each other that isn't about a man. Everything's about a man. I guess the one scene where the girls talk to each other is when they're prom dress shopping, right? They're talking about their dresses, but the implication there is I'm going to prom with a man. Right. I hope I look good for him. Exactly. So really weak. If we needed another reason to crap all over Stephanie Meyer, it's that she's not a feminist. She is not a feminist, and we are. I mean, none of our episodes pass the Bechdel test, but, uh, wait. Damn. Uh, but we are. We're. Fe- you know how I know we're feminists? Because in every single episode of this podcast, we put this movie through the Bechdel test. So, we're good. I believe that's it, right? That has to be it. Let's wrap up. Oh, no, 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 not so fast. You, uh, sir, you have one more thing to do. Yeah, I know. It's the hot, I mean, the lightning round. We're going to do a couple things for the lightning round. It's a double lightning round. The first, we know this movie was bad. It had a lot of quotable dialogue in not a good way. So I'm going to read a line, a sappy romantic line, and you're going to tell me if it's from Twilight or not. Okay. All righty. Here's the first one. You ready? I am ready. Okay. First line. It's like you're my own personal brand of heroin. I remember this one. That's from the movie, and it was so cringeworthy. Add that to the list of rules. If someone says you are their own personal brand of heroin, just leave. They probably do heroin, and that's like... Probably. Yeah. Okay, so you're one for one. Alrighty, next one. But mostly, I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. Oh, no. I'm gonna say it's from the movie. Uh, It's not. It's from 10 Things I Hate About You. Ah, Shame on me, because my wife has made me watch that ten times. That's okay. Next one. I love you more than anything in the world, combined. That is just such a poor way of saying that, that I feel like it has to be Stephanie Meyer. It is. Okay, okay. You're two for three. Yeah. (laughs) I love you more than anything in the world, combined. Combined. Not everything in the world, combined. (laughs) I love you more than any two things in the world, combined. Right. Ugh, horrible. Okay, next one. From the moment I met you, not a day's gone by when I haven't thought of you. And now that I'm with you, the closer it gets, the worse it gets. The thought of not being with you, I can't breathe. I'm haunted by the kiss that you never should have given me. My heart is beating, hoping that this kiss doesn't become a scar. You are in my very soul, tormenting me. What? I feel... (laughs) That is so bad. I feel like you purposely wrote that. I feel like that's from you, and you wrote the worst, sappiest, most horrible, like, yeah, that was you. Is it from Twilight or not? No. Okay, it's not from Twilight. I did not write it. That is a line from Attack of the Clones. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. So, but you're still three for four, so you're doing well. I need a minute. No, you knew. I mean, 
I know that's a bad line, right? It's really bad. And now okay. that you say it, I know exactly what scene it was. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Here's the next one. And then as you were sleeping, you said my name. You spoke so clearly. At first, I thought you'd woken. But you rolled over restlessly and mumbled my name once more and sighed. The feeling that coursed through me then was unnerving, staggering, and I knew I couldn't ignore you any longer. <laughs> I'm going to say not from Twilight because only one of them sleeps. Although Edward is creepy and watches her sleep from Twilight. Yeah, it is from Twilight. That's yeah. so weird. Uh... Next one. I love you more than words can wield the matter, dearer than eyesight, space, and liberty. I don't think that Stephanie Meyer knows what the word wield means, so not from Twilight. You're right. That is a Shakespeare line from King Lear, okay. and I think wield is what gave it away. I think dearer than eyesight, space, and liberty is something like she could accidentally have said something like that, but right. you're right. Wield is beyond Just her, because there sure. were a bunch of typos there that she didn't realize. All right, next one. I'd never given much thought to how I would die, but dying in place of someone I love seems like a good way to go. That was in Twilight. They said it twice. Horrible line. Why say it twice? Yeah. You're doing pretty well. I think the big whiff was Attack of the Clones, but other other and 10 Things I Hate About You, but other than that, you're doing well. Last one. I was always told, stay away from the bad boy. He'll only end up hurting you. But what if everyone else is already hurting me? Maybe the bad boy is actually the good boy after all. This is tough because I feel like that's how Bella feels, which is so messed up because no one else is hurting her. But I feel like it's not from the movie. You're right. I did write that one. That, oh, I, I did yeah. hey, props to you. Yeah, terrible. A lot of bad lines from this movie, but you did pretty well. I think you were like six for seven. I don't know if I feel good about that. You should feel good about it. I know Twilight well, I guess. I just think you you probably, if anything, just need to rewatch Attack of the Clones, but that's okay. Let's do a traditional lightning round to wrap things up. Would you have seen this movie on a first date? Depends on how hot the girl was and how much she wanted to see it, but probably. Okay. Would you watch the sequels? If you didn't ruin it, and if I still thought they were spoofs, yeah, but not anymore. All right. Well, would you watch this movie if there were a companion drinking game that you could play? With your friends, like they were there. Probably not, because I'd rather just drink. How much would someone have to pay you to watch this movie again? Like, realistically. I've been questing after a PS5, and the disc version is 500 bucks, so 500 bucks. I'm glad you didn't say, like, a million dollars, because everyone has their price, and it's also, like, two hours. You yeah, know? I mean, two hours of my life, I'll, I'll give that up for a PS5. What if you had to watch this movie twice, back-to-back, -back, in one sitting, and at the end of it a PlayStation 5 would appear in front of you. I would require an extra controller and at least like four games. Deal. Done. If you had a daughter, how old would she have to be before you would let her watch this movie? 117. There you go. Yeah. This is not a good movie for kids, teenagers, or adults. Well, uh, I'm glad I survived that lightning round. And uh, you, you all survived our podcast. I personally think it was great. If you didn't think it was great, well, still a better podcast than Twilight. If the movie was better than the book, well, this podcast was better than the movie. It was better than all of the many Twilight combined. This podcast is like our personal brand of Metamucil because we make it regularly. Oh, well, thank you all so much for listening. As always, I have been Louie. And I remain Artie. Thank you so much. We will see you next episode where we promise we're actually going to take on the Oscars. And we're going to win.
See you later.